welcome once again to episode 21 of Hollow Hollow Hangouts. I am your host, Edwin, and here in the fabulous Whereby Machine is Pam. Mabuhai. Hey, come on and join us uh, for, uh, for a discussion. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in the news today, and... <sighs> and I, um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff um, happening in the Philippines and here uh, in the United States. Um, and one, I guess, one that uh, it's actually I'm really I want I'm congratulatory about for for a certain person who won the Nobel Prize and standing up to the man so to speak <laughs> that, so. yeah that that will be covered yeah um in the in what's going on in our locally um yep. but edwin you treated yourself to someplace <laughs> i actually went to the Canadaria over at the philippine center oh my gosh if you haven't heard our our uh our last <laughs> our last our uh, D&D episode from our other podcast, I went to the current area and I got some Filipino foods and we bought like things like uh, like chiffon cake, ube chiffon cake, and uh, which is one of my favorites. We got a mango chiffon cake. wasn't wasn't very mango-y. Tastes more like a yellow like a yellow sponge cake than anything. I couldn't get the mango out. Um, mm -hmm. I also got, oh my gosh, I had like lechon that was there. It's more like crispy pata that was cut. Um, but it was, it was excellent. If you guys haven't gone to a Garandaria, they do it like pretty much like first Sunday of every month. Is that correct? It seems like it. Seems yeah. Like it, it seems like to be the pattern. Yep. And I got my, um. I got my Hopia. Pam, got my <laughs> hope good. yet? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I already ate two. Saving the rest for later. <laughs> so That's good. I also got my um Ensamida, which is oh my gosh, the Ube Ensamida. It just makes me want a red ribbon here. <laughs> it just <laughs> it really makes me want to get a red ribbon here. I know everybody's getting like the you know, the the Jolly Bee thing, which I also want. I'm very close yep. to actually taking a day trip, leaving the, leaving, leaving Minneapolis at six o'clock in the morning, just in time for lunch <laughs> at Jollibee. And someone All told the way me in Chicago. Yeah, and someone told me there's a red ribbon in in Chicago, but I don't believe them. I haven't seen it yet. If that's true, I don't know. I may just move to Chicago. I guess I don't know. <laughs> but it's. Yeah, just getting in time there at, at Jollibee during lunch and then just doing an about phase and coming back and be in time for, you know, be home by eight. <laughs> just a, just a, just a day trip of the length of the, of the longest, the longest day trip just for a single thing. Is it worth it? Jollibee? Uh, yeah. Jollibee. Yeah, Hello. yeah I think it is. I think it's worth it. And 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 in bonus points, if there is a red robin in a red ribbon, red robin, they serve burgers. Not, not red in robin Samaya. is in Minnesota. Yes, that red robin is in Minnesota. Red ribbon. If there is a red ribbon in, in Chicago, bonus points. 
and <laughs> I will go and partake. Uh, but the garden area is the best thing we got possibly right now. And it was awesome. Like, I think I, sp I spent like $60 worth of stuff <laughs> there. Yeah, I like, can believe that. I went all, to the Carinderia. It was all food. Uh, <laughs> the, the the one before that one. And yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's all food. It's all food. It's a good thing I have a, I have a chest freezer because all that right now is in the chest freezer. I can't gorge on it or else my doctor's going to kill me. We, If you haven't listened to a couple episodes ago, yeah. <laughs> my, I'm trying to be good. No no, no, uh, no rice for me. Unless unless it came from the Carandari or another restaurant, which is A-OK. -okay, right? Because at least I'm not cooking rice every day. Which I used to. I miss rice. <laughs> good luck with rice. that. Because rice is life. Ca cauli cauliflower rice is just not the same. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry, people. No. <laughs> as a rice, as a rice connoisseur of myself, it's not the same. I'm sorry. Nah. It's not the same. I mean, I don't know what's worse, Uncle Ben's rice or cauliflower rice. I, it's a toss-up right now for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. For anyone. For anyone who is interested in going to a Kyandria, just uh, follow uh, the Facebook page of Philippine Center of Minnesota. They yeah. will post when the next Kyandria is. I'm not sure if it goes on through winter. I hope so. Um, yeah. I well, hope so. And then it... It also, I don't know, it, you know, it also depends on, you know, the COVID situation. It seems like seems like it's plateauing or whatever well yeah there's talks about it like we've 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 passed the peak of of covid or something like that some some doctor said that but i don't know we really don't know i, I mean, really don't it's, know it's really unpredictable like angela so. and i went there we were wearing masks and let me tell you something right over at the Cardaria, mm -hmm. it was packed yeah. It was really packed. In fact, okay, I got lost. If anybody's... Okay, so the PCM, the Philippine Ceremony of Minnesota is like... I think it used to be like an old... Like an old police station or like one of the precinct stations from Maplewood. There was a big sign in one of the doors that says... Like an old sign that said police on it. I guess they forgot to take it down. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that right too. There. Yeah. And... And it's like, you know, it's just like... What is it like a three level, three or four level building? It's a multiple level building. Yeah, multiple level building. And I went inside, right? And there was people in there, so I couldn't tell where the heck the Perandaria was. And I had like a fifty-fifty chance because once you go in, it's a split level. You can either go yeah. upstairs or go downstairs. Well, I went downstairs, and apparently they were holding church in the basement. Oh, whoops. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And some guy was, like, trying to get me in and, like, join church or something like that and going, like, like oh, come in. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're about to start. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm looking for the Carnaria. I think it's upstairs. I want the food. <laughs> I no, want I, yeah, food first. Food first. So we went upstairs. Um, You know, finally found out it was actually upstairs. And it was, like, a mix between, like, I don't know. It was like a like a, a small wedding 
thing going on. Like, they had, like, white tablecloths on tables. And, you know, there was a bunch of people everywhere. There was a person that was, like, in, a, like, a small little reception table that you can, like, sign up for PCM stuff. Or, you know, when, you know, like, the happenings of PCM. And then there was, like, two long tables. One was Indice Kitchen that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then the other one, I don't remember. There was another there was another vendor there that I don't remember. It was the sweets. It was a, the bakery one, right? I think it was the bakery one. Yeah. Because that's where I got like the chiffon cake and the, and the hopia and the... Oh, no. I didn't um, get the chiffon cake. The chiffon cake from Indice Kitchen. Indice. Yeah. But I got like the Insomida and everything else on that table. And... There were just a lot of people. In fact, we didn't stay and like eat. We like pretty much like went in, got the food, went to both lines, and then left. And mainly because we had recording for DDND that same day. And mm-hmm. so we like went home, ate, and then recorded. And I was yeah. a happy camper because I had Ensamida and Hopia on my tummy. So. <laughs> of course. It was great. But anyways, well, it's it is busy and if you guys have a chance to go, go. It's it's great. It's um supporting local um local businesses like these cottage businesses. I didn't know Indice Kitchen had a food truck. Where are they running around? Ah, uh, that I don't know. You're going to have to follow them yeah. on social media. I saw their food truck on t- outside of the building. I'm like, they have a food truck? That's Apparently. awesome. So Anyways, hopefully we can get them on the show. That would be good. Yeah, um, that would be cool. So what have you been up to, Pam? Well, it's kind of something... It's kind of a joint uh, thing. Both you and I uh, received copies uh, of Sina Una. Yes! If For those of you that don't know what Sina Una is, Sina Una is actually... Uh, it's kind of like Dungeons and... Um, sorry. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. It's a tabletop uh, role-playing game. Same, same mechanics as Dungeons and Dragons, but it it is set in a world of um, pre-colonial Philippines. Yeah. And the um, yeah the is... world the the classes. Uh, I think it's also the races too, and the monsters are all kind of loosely based on Filipino folklore. Yeah. It is. It's five. It's it's D and it's Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition compatible. Yeah. So and it is a very thick book. I got it in front of me right now. And what I kind what I liked about the uh, when because this this was all a Kickstarter that yep. we found and we were like okay we'll back it up and we put in money so that when when the project was fully backed uh we would get a hard copy of the book the rule book so when we when when they started shipping out all these books there was a a local geek group that i'm part of in facebook that posted like a picture of himself holding up the Sina una book and he's he's like very excited to try it out and I was like, that warms my heart, because not, not there's so many D and D like uh, Kickstarters out there that you know 
are kind of are overshadowed by the actual D&D. I kind of like how Sina Una is brought to light, uh, brought to light, basically. And I kind of like it because it also deals with Philippine culture, even, you know, those that deal with pre-colonial times, which is not very common. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, try it out. Yes, we're planning on a I know we're planning a game like after after the holidays. After the holidays, yeah. Yeah, because it's the holidays and the holidays get pretty busy. Um and apparently I'm gonna DM this first uh this first go around for Sina Una. Even though I kinda wanna play my <laughs> even though I kinda wanna play a character named Panto with a with a small little uh like sort of like creature animal pet thing named durian who happens to smell bad <laughs> because it's it had just happens to be in a water buffalo <laughs> that's <laughs> so that screams filipino like <laughs> a lot yes but yeah i mean i'm very excited to uh try it out yeah it's, so, it's yeah. it is something and um you can buy this I think on. I know you can buy. I think it's Hit Point Press. Hit Point Press, yeah, it's in the back. So if you go to hitpointpress.com and just search for Sina Una, you can buy this. And it's a great way to uh, learn about pre colonial Philippines while also having fun. Yeah. It's educational play. So. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so you can buy it there. Um, I. Since we kicked. So and when it, since Angela and I kickstarted, you know, was involved with the Kickstarter, we got both the the big tome of a hardcover book. This is, and then we also got the the uh, the PDF of which I'm reading because this is a thick, heavy. It's it's a textbook. Is basically what it looks like. <laughs> it's thick, right? <laughs> so well, it's a it's an RPG. There's a lot to co- there's, a, there's lot a lot of to cover. rules and whatever there is. for RPG. So yeah, yeah. So can't wait for that. If so, for those of you who are into Dungeons and Dragons and want to explore the world of of Sina Una, that's based on pre-Columbian Filipino lore. Um, pre-colonial. <laughs> I'm sorry, pre-colonial. Sorry, pre-Columbian <laughs> America. Oops. Um, pre-colonial. Uh, Definitely go to uh, Hit Point Press. Uh, you know, get the book and get a bunch of friends and have fun. Um, and it's uh, uh, we're gonna certainly try. It. I don't know if we're gonna. I'm kind of wanting to like, you know, start a like a Twitch stream of it. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep everyone posted yeah. about that. Um. So yeah. So I. W- is there anything else going on? No. Why no? don't we... Uh, Let's go on, right? Cover if, the local. If I can find the, the bumper. There is a bumper. <laughs> All right. All right. So it looks like um, there, are, there are more events coming. Uh, those that have happened just recently, the CSFA uh, did host... Uh, Feed My Starving Children last uh, Friday, October 8th. It was held in Egan. 
It looks like it. Uh, if I checked out their uh, Facebook uh, page, it looks like it. It was a good turnout. And sometimes they do these. Uh, they say that they'll probably do another Feed My Starving Children next month. So if anyone is interested in any volunteering opportunities, that would I would highly suggest that. Um, Feed My Starving Children is basically putting uh, food in boxes and then sending it out to those that are in need. Um, the next upcoming event that's going on for the CSFA, uh, there is going to be an induction, the 50th induction of officers that's going to be held at the Crown Plaza Suites in Minneapolis Airport, Mall of America, um, Saturday, October 23rd. So if you guys are interested meeting the officers, the new officers of CSFA, you are free to welcome. You're, you're welcome to go. <laughs> you're welcome to, uh, join uh go to that event um other things that are going on uh the csfa uh is holding like a like fundraising events um there are multiple ways of supporting the csfa uh one way that i do plan on doing uh supporting them is you purchasing a, a parole kit paroles if you don't know are basically those paper star lanterns that you see they usually come up uh during yeah uh, christmas time yeah there's a five star thing that's usually made of like paper mache or something or or some other I material but it's colorful you hang it outside with a light uh it's 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 aimed for kids so yeah. it's really simple to do they will provide you all the materials that you would need all you would need is probably uh scissors and i believe a hot glue gun uh, they're $20 a kit and uh, I plan on getting mine because I never I never had the privilege of to try to make my own pearl. Yeah. Have you have you made yours? Have you made one? I've made one a long time ago and I distinctly remember me just just messing it up. Like some <laughs> oh, like no. seriously like the sticks and everything <laughs> like that it just didn't make any sense and then trying to make the star and it just it was a hot mess and like <laughs> i just remembered because my 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 aunt when i was a kid were like we were making paroles i don't know if it was a csfa thing i don't remember it but i know my aunt had like a lot to do with it and it was just a hot mess like i just i gave up i remember like like having a a bad day about it let's just put it that way oh, no. <laughs> and it was i was a kid right but we did have a parole in, when I was growing up. My mom, I don't know where we got it, but we actually had one. Like, every Christmas it would come out, and it was made out of, like, like, um, like, shell. Like a, like, huh. like a, what do you call it? It's like a seashell, but it's, like, thin, and it's, like, see-through. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I'm talking they're about? They're kind of, it's like glass. They're, they're very brittle, aren't they? They're brittle. Yeah, they're yeah. brittle, but we got it at, I don't know where my parents got it, but they brought it, they packaged it up, and they brought it to the Philippines when they retired. And I just, you know, and I remember I couldn't bring it with me um, back, you know, when we were, when my parents died and we, like, brought, we were, like, yeah. bringing stuff from, from the Philippines back to the United States, the United States, and I did see it, and I just couldn't bring it back because it was just so big it was bulky it was fragile i had no idea how they shipped it there 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the Philippines, but they managed to, and it was all in one piece. Yeah. But it would be nice to have a pearl. It's just like having a big spork, big por- fork, big spoon in your kitchen. You know, like you just have to have one. Mm-hmm. You know, for you know, for Filipino heritage thing, right? <laughs> like, you know, uh, when they're yeah. And it's also festive for uh, the holidays too. Yeah, I I need a. I I'll, I think I'll get one. I think I'll get a parole kit this year. I kind of want to find like that same sort of like shell, like a really cool looking one that's you know it's like specifically made for you know what I mean. Like I don't want to have to make one every year. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That I don't know, but. I mean, if you if you do happen to find those special materials to make that, go for it. And actually, yeah. I would want I would want video <laughs> of you putting it together because I I plan on recording me trying to put this parole kit together. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna regret it. But uh, don't burn yourself with a hot glue gun. That's that's. Oh, that's, I know how to work hot glue guns. It's because I feel like that's whole, like a. That's gonna. That's. I feel like that's gonna be a mess. Like every time I work with a hot glue gun, oh my gosh, it's like everywhere. Cause, <laughs> cause they spider out. <laughs> all the right. Time. Yeah. And you could hurt yourself. <laughs> yes, I understand yeah. the consequences that deal with that. But I, I'm set. Um. So, <laughs> for those of you that want to try putting together these plural kits, um, you could uh, ask for it through the CSFA. Again, Facebook is their main uh hub of communication um they will be available for a pickup uh let me see here i think at the burnsville warehouse location on thursdays 7 to 9 november 4th 11 and 18th um and they accept paypal it's 20 dollars per pearl kit yeah which is which is not bad, especially if it's no. a fundraiser. Here's the thing: CSFA, especially during, and it's not even just a CSFA; it's all the nonprofits, you know, in town, yeah. like the like the FMA and everybody else. They don't have nearly as much money as they were playing around with pre-COVID. Like they had yep. to, a lot of their fundraisers that that they usually do, like the like the caroling that happens during Christmas, festival of nations, festival of nations, that sort of thing. It yeah. didn't happen. So anything you can support, like the Filipino uh, organizations, the CSFA, FMA, um, Philippine Student, um, I know I'm forgetting a lot of them. There's a lot of organizations now. But help them out um, because it's always important to have, you know, like trying to keep the culture alive, the Filipino culture and the Filipino history, definitely. Yes. Um, so there's that um, one last event that I would like to point out that there will be a P- uh, Philippine Center of Minnesota coffee house show over at the Philippine Center of Minnesota that's in Maplewood uh, Friday October 15th from 6 to 9 it looks like it's $10 at the door um, it's basically uh, a uh, it's a show songs, dances, spoken word um, bring some money with you I think they I think they only allow cash because yeah. you could buy dinner, coffee and snacks, desserts. It looks like Indice Kitchen will be there too. So oh, I could get another chiffon want, cake. Yeah. Yeah, you could get another Hopia or <laughs> or chiffon cake or whatever. Um at the coffee house show. So there's that. I was and actually- also- 
I yep. was actually excited when, Ed, when 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 Pam told me that there was a coffee house that was opening up in in the Philippine Center. I thought no. it was like sweet. I can go to the Philippine Center, get some. I don't know, like hot cocoa with like the puck kind of thing, and like with some uh, bico or whatever at a coffee shop in PC. You know, in the PCM. No, it's a show, but the show is still good too. Like that's it's a fundraiser, isn't it? Um, I, I'm not quite sure if it is. All I know is that it's an event that features food and sold. <laughs> sold. <laughs> Unfortunately, I won't be able to go, but I strongly encourage you that if you want to uh, try out some treats and while entertainment is being performed in front of you, why not? Why it's, not go? So it's October 23rd, is that right? No, this Friday. Oh, this Friday. October 15th. October 15th, okay. So. And um, this isn't an event. This was actually covered uh, local news. Actually, no, it's not local news. That I will probably have you cover. Oh, locally, I'm done. Locally, you're done. Okay, so, so we talked about this in a in a in a previous episode where I saw a a documentary about Maria Reza and Rappler at in the Philippines. And how she was pretty much being targeted by the Duterte administration because of the things that she said about the Duterte administration, right? You know, is this the Philippine? Is this Filipino news? Well, she's she's from. I mean, she or grew she up here in America? the United States, yeah. But she went back to the Philippines okay. to establish Rappler. But it's more global because the thing is, we this week. Along with a, another journalist, a Russian journalist, which I cannot remember his name. Right Dmitry Muratov. Yeah, which, which pretty much they're in the same sort of like same vein where, where he was criticizing Vladimir Putin and the Putin administration in Russia. Maria Reza yeah. was doing this in in the, for, at uh, in the Philippines with Duterte. Both yeah. of them won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, That's cool. This week, and for for their excellence in journalism and investigative journalism, I think that's important because because that's basically what they were doing is basically what journalism is supposed to do, right? Yeah, is to is to report the news and the truth and all of that stuff, but you know, in order to make the public informed. And they were, mm-hmm. you know, they were they were essentially punished for that, you know, for you know, for reporting what's going on in the Philippines in terms of the government, and it's as much you know, like I think that genuine Philip, you know, genuine journalism, investigative journalism is so important, especially during today, because. Really, without it, we're gonna we're gonna just go on Facebook and believe whatever anybody says on Facebook. I mean, we we're sort of there right now, right? I mean, it's kind of like that's what Facebook's getting in trouble for, you know, and right. you know, and why they're they're always getting marched up over in Capitol Hill, you know, and politicians are wagging their finger, <laughs> you know, and. I mean, I don't think 
Facebook is, you know, that's not where I get my news. I get my news from people who actually know how to do journalism and know how to do, you know, reporting. And they actually back up their sources and they actually back up their, what they're saying. And they don't report on anything on hearsay, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, and just to, for the, for something as prestigious as the Nobel, the Nobel Prize and Nobel Committee of, you know, of Sweden, it's a big deal. Because it's yeah. really putting a spotlight on, on, uh, on the importance of, you know, truth and journalism. So, and journalism itself. So, congratulations to Maria Riza. I know that she's getting a lot more trolls since she was she won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> I mean, I'm just checking out uh, an article on but, it on BBC. It looks like. She was convicted last year of Labelle. Yep. And of libel, in fact, yeah. I did not know that she co-founded Rappler. Yep. Who, which is a um, a, Filipi- a Filipino media organization that has been openly critical of oh, yeah. Duterte and his policy on his policies. Yeah, because and Ted, that takes guts. <laughs> it does take guts, you know, in cyber libel. I don't understand cyber libel laws in the Philippines. I don't begin to to you know to to understand it, you know? I mean, there's a reason why it doesn't exist here in the United States. <laughs> you know, cyber libelism. Mm, but li- yeah. li- libelism is a big deal. We have libel laws here in the in the United States too, but it's very hard to it's very hard to convict someone of libel in in the United States because it it really goes on that edge between free speech and saying something that's not completely true and proving that it's not completely true. It's yeah. it it really marches up to the line and you know and that line seems like it keeps moving in the Philippines. And uh, I I think I think it's also considering it it's important here too in in the Americas great uh example is the whole uh, misinformation with pan- with the pandemic yeah yeah i mean that one of itself is like gives me a headache now because <laughs> <laughs> because you know as much as you know guess what guys gals people we're still in a pandemic hi <laughs> you know <laughs> so Anyways, congratulations to Maria Reza and the Russian guy, which I can't remember his name anymore because it just slipped my mind. Um, but congratulations, journalism, doing a good job um, and keeping us informed, definitely. Yes. So, anyways, All right. now so, to the Philippine news. Yes. Right? Okay. All right, so the 2022 presidential race is officially on. If you were going to announce your presidents, your pre- your your intentions to run for the presidency of the Philippines, it has passed. Friday the eighth was the last. Friday October eighth was the last day you could do that, unless <laughs> unless. You found the candidacy loophole, which when Duterte was running, uh, 
you know, uh, during what was that? The twenty was twenty sixteen. Oh, I have no twenty fifteen <laughs> somewhere. But anyways, when he was still when he was running for the intentions of running for the for the mayor of Davao. Um, okay. Before he, when he was running for the intention of running, of running for the mayor of, uh, as mayor of Davao, he switched his intentions and announced that he was running for the president presidency. So here's the fun thing. Mm. Here's a little uh, political science, Philippine political science 101. If you run for another race in the Philippines, right? And you can't. You are allowed to switch your 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 uh, your intentions to run for another office until November fifteenth. So, what does that mean? Sarah Duterte hasn't announced that he she is running for the presidency of the Philippines, but she has till November fifteenth to switch, just like her dad did. So it's not over yet. There's still some speculation that she might switch her her intentions, but we've got some the 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 uh, the uh, the docket is pretty much full when it comes to who's running right now. Um, we've got a son of a dictator, right? Bong 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 Marcos Jr. Mm-hmm. Marcos, which I don't want him to win. Every time I hear someone named Marcos is running for 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 uh, for some kind of office in the Philippines, I start to go, "Why? Why?" <laughs> you gotta remember, <laughs> this is the family that ran the Philippines for over two decades. Oof! Right? It was martial law dictatorship. Right, and they ran away with over ten billion dollars worth of. They ran away with over ten billion dollars worth of like, of uh, pretty much one could argue stolen money from the Philippines and fled to Hawaii. So let's just let's just get that straight, right? It wasn't until um, Nino Aquino sort of opposed Marcos, which I might add. Right, there's a reason why Manila International Airport is named after Nino Aquino International because that's where he was assassinated. Ah, by the Marcos. So <laughs> let's just let's just remember that every time I hear that one of these Marcos get people are running, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Let's not do that. We've been there before. Remember history? Remember that whole thing? Yeah, let's not do it. Right. <laughs> so, I I really hope he doesn't win. Please don't. You know, I don't want. I don't want him to win. We've we've been there before, and I know it's just the name. But you gotta remember, he's also saying that a lot of the things that his family did are all lies. You know, people are accusing his family; they're all lies. We've heard that okay. before in, in the United States, right? <laughs> are you are you considered a citizen of the Philippines? No, I have to get dual citizenship. No. I okay, can't. Yeah, vote. I, I, I'm not. A, uh, yeah. I used to be, <laughs> but I never was. So yeah, I used to be, um, but I am eligible for dual citizenship, definitely. 
I just have to. Mm-hmm. I just have to go to Chicago. Chicago? What's also in Chicago? Okay, okay, Edwin. <laughs> I got your the hint. <laughs> anyway, so he's running for president. We've also got the mayor of 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 Manila. Um, mayor of Manila, have- Mayor Francisco Domagoso. Um, or what what some movie goers of a certain genre would probably call him as Isco Moreno. Okay. Okay. This guy used to be an actor, and I'll just give you a little hint for those who would know. Think of Skinamax or Cinemax. There's a clue. <laughs> Enough said. Apparently, <laughs> this guy was, according to CNN, um, he... Uh, <laughs> I'll just I'll just read this right off the bat. Right? He 1990s appearing he in the 1990s he appeared in Bomba films, a type of softcore erotic movie made in movies made in the Philippines. He Moreno often played the romantic lead. Hmm. Anyways, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> and we've got the boxer. I wonder who could that be, you know. The oh so wonderful Pacquiao. <laughs> and he retired. Didn't I say he would retire? He has to from retire boxing. From, from boxing. boxing, right? <laughs> I don't know if I want him to be the president of the Philippines either. I don't know if I want him to be president of the Philippines. He, he he's better. He's a better candidate. I mean, the only person be, you know he has, he has like political experience being the senator, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean. He's getting his head beaten off, like, in boxing <laughs> rings, you know? Again, I don't want a guy who is, you know, who might or may or may not have, you know, like, like brain injury making laws, let alone running a country. Because okay. I've seen Rocky movies, all right? <laughs> like, I know, I know how that goes. I, I don't know. I'm a little thing. And the thing is, every picture, half the pictures I see him in, he looks like some kind of like a, he kind of looks like a, like, like a Filipino mafia don. Like he's got like big, like big sunglasses on. He's got a, you know, he looks like, he looks like, like a, what's his name? Like the action heroes, um, movies in the Philippines, you know, with a guy with a big like aviator sunglasses carrying a... (laughs) Carrying a an armalite or whatever, <laughs> you know, right, right, that sort of thing. Hello, it's. I mean, if anything, it, oh yeah, and then you got Robredo too, which happens to be the vice president. She she is the re, uh, vice president of Duterte right now. Vice President Lenny Robredo. Um, she's also running. I don't. I kind of want her to win. Um. But anyways, that's, I mean, here's the thing about Philippine elections, right? It's not like here in the, in the United States. I was reading up a lot about this and how they do elections over there in the Philippines. It is a single vote. There's no primaries, no nothing. Everybody's on the same, you know, on the same thing. And whoever gets the most votes at the end of the day wins the presidency. So if you've got like 20 people on the on on the on the ballot 
right? You don't have to get 50% of the vote. So you could have 25% of the vote. And if you're the most with the votes, you win the presidency. That's how it works. (laughs) So let's, uh, you know, the more people are, the more people who are in the ballot, the more spread it becomes. And, you know, the more it gets really interesting. So (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, it's something to see. And that's the battle right now is on. It is officially going and campaigns are starting to starting to come alive and you know for you know no long you know in in a couple of months you'll start seeing you know vote for you know vote for puck or vote for Breda or whoever vote for yeah. bong bong i i really don't <laughs> know who who will win uh, um i'm not very much a political person and less so because i i'm not able to vote in this election um yeah but, but I, so far all the candidates are like eh, i'm not really feeling I it i kind of i kind of care about it just because i will re- i can't care about it because it it is it is the philippines it is my you know it's the country of whence i've come from <laughs> you know and the philippines needs a lot of help and it's you know in a lot of it's it takes more than just a person in the presidency to help the Philippines. It really takes, you know, an entire country to help the Philippines. And if they see, like, they've had it. The Philippines have a history of voting people who are just, what are they doing in the presidency? It's not like the the United States have have doesn't have that record. We definitely have that record. It's like, how did he become president? Right. Mm-hmm. So. You know, name 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 president who here. You know, so you know, so I I'm I'm really watching closely and what's happening over there just because. I mean, I didn't pay attention to it the last go around, and look who we got. You know. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, there's not much you can do. You you kind of have to trust the the Philippine people there, the ones that are casting the vote. Yeah, which makes me want to actually go get dual citizenship so I can actually cast a vote. <laughs> At least there's one, there's one vote. <laughs> yeah. So, who knows? But that's the that's the news. Okay, so I need to play this. Where is it? Where is it? I don't know. Where is it? <laughs> Okay, so Pam wanted to discuss something. So, so okay, so with the release, with with us actually uh, uh, getting uh, a piece of pre-colonial history, sort of, through Sina Una, and actually October is dubbed Filipino American History Month. I thought that we would kind of delve into this topic a bit. How much would you say that you know of Filipino American history, or what has Filipinos done in America before I did this podcast? Sure, not much. Yeah, not much. But I did know 
I know like a general like glaze or what you call it, like a like a surface level of 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 Philippine history. Mm-hmm. But Philippine American history, Filipino American history, definitely not much. In fact, when you and I sat in with that on that Philippinex thing, was it like almost a year ago? I oh, say. is it the one covering about nurses? It was covering more than just nurses. It was covering oh. a lot more like like Philippine immigration, like the things that happened in San Francisco, for instance. Um, okay. The things that happened, yeah, like during the ninth, ninth, late 60s, early 70s with the Philippine immigration of, of nurses and, you know, and other specialty work. Um, I didn't really know much. That was like, mm-hmm. in fact, during that, during that, um, during that, uh, seminar, I was like, this crap happened. So what I did was I started looking into like the things that they were talking about, like right then and there and started reading a lot about it. Okay. So, and that was, that was, op- you know, that was eye opening for me because I knew that. Like my, and now my family is, you know, a lot of my family are nurses and Mm -hmm. a lot of my, my, my aunt is a nurse. I've actually, my aunt is a nurse and I know a lot of Filipino nurses that are like, like in their sixties, you know? Okay. And I know doctors. My aunt is a doctor too. I have another aunt that happens to be a doctor and they sort of came I know they got here in the United States, but I had no idea how they got into the United States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know what I yeah. mean? Because let's face it, every, you know, like Philippine Filipinos coming to the United States is a very, very hard thing to do. And you know, and I'm I, I you know, I'll be the first one to say I was lucky enough to actually immigrate into the United States, thanks to my parents, thanks to my extended family, you know, and it's, and it, it did help that, you know, I have, you know, one of the things about my family is that we have, we have lawyers. <laughs> so, so we knew people. And so, but it started from somewhere. And a lot of questions were answered during that seminar, you know, so not much and i know there's more and there's a lot of history behind it because i know like we were involved with like you know not just during that time but even before especially like when the chinese came here in the 1800s you know Mm -hmm. for you know for not wholesome reasons of them coming here to the to california because they were essentially became laborers you know for the for the railroad industry and they were not treated as, you know, they weren't treated good either, yeah. right? We were sort of like in that same same wave. So there's a lot of history there. I have no idea about it. I just became privy to it like in the last year. So Yeah, it's the same it's the same with me. I think I think I I think if it weren't for like this podcast or even social media, I don't think I would have known much about 
what Filipinos have done. When did they settle here and all the stuff that they had to go through? I wouldn't have known. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, it kind of, I don't know. Very disheartening, really. Because did your parents ever talk about it? Probably not. Well, my parents talked about Philippine history more often than 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 let's say Philippine American history. You know. Oh, so so the history that went on in the Philippines went on in the Philippines. Like my parent, my dad used, my dad was like a big like, um, MacArthur fan. <laughs> you know. Okay. Like he was a World War Two, you know, like, you know, like he he was like. He knew what was going on in the Philippines during World War Two. Like he watched those movies and stuff like that, and you know what, what uh, you know General MacArthur did in the Philippines and stuff like that. And it didn't, you know, and it and it was also it helped that like my grandmother was involved with like like helping the United States in the Philippines and during World War Two. Like they were like she was part of like a guerrilla militia in in the mm-hmm. Philippines. So we had that background. You know, and so I knew more like like twentieth century Philippine history than I did Philippine American history because of my parents, and that's what they talked about. So, I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think it's quite important to know the history of both, really, Philippine history and Philippine American history. Oh yeah, in fact, I would say. I would say that it's just like I feel like it's like any other like like ethnic group, you know, like they want to know about their history and it's like you know we we get taught here in the United States a lot of like you know like civil rights movement and civil war American history kind of things, right? And there's a reason for that, right? Is because it's the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. tell, <laughs> but it's just like, do we know anything about Canadian history? <laughs> you know, and they're just north of us, or Mexican history. This is south of us. You know, it's kind of like it's an. Eth- I think it's like more of like a geographical ethnic thing. I would love to know more about Philippine history, especially during, you know colonial era pre-colonial you know you know era things about the tribes and stuff like that you know and it's it's me being like a very like i like history i like you know i watch documentaries more than i watch like actual movies <laughs> you know okay and I was, i'm the one who was very upset the history channel became a reality tv channel <laughs> okay. Oh, see. So I lost cable, so I didn't, <laughs> that didn't really impact me. Yeah, and so to me, I think it's important, especially for for a lot, you know, for Filipinos. If they don't know their own history, well, you know, how do you know where you came from? How do you know where your parents came from? You know, it's like a, you know, what makes you a Filipino? And that's always like a question. That comes from even today, you know, like what makes me a Filipino? 
because I just happen to have, you know, brown skin. I was born in the Philippines, you know? What does that mean? You know, like, there's certain things that, you know, like, like, especially if you grew up in a house that's that was, like, you know, and the food that you tasted when you were in the, you know, in your, when you were growing up. Where did that food come from? Where did adobo came from? Adobo is not a Filipino thing. That's more of a Spanish thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Where did pancit came from? Pancit is not really, I mean, that's like lo mein in, in, you know, in, in China, you know? Like, I had no idea. And it really makes sense to me now that the Philippines is like, in terms of like what we know United States, the Philippines is more like Louisiana. Where a lot of it became a hot pot, a boiling pot of of different ethnic groups way back when, pre-Columbian, that had so many influences in their culture. And I had no idea about that until it was like explained to me. You know? Speak speaking of Louisiana, I learned I forgot where. I learned someplace that um there was the first Filipino settlement was in Louisiana. Yeah. And that was like in 17. It was in 1763. Yeah. And the first Filipinos to arrive in America is that was, well that's in California. That's like uh California is always a hot spot for Filipinos. Oh, yeah. They came they came <laughs> in 1587. Yeah, that makes like, sense. I wasn't aware that, you know, it was way back when that we Filipinos uh, set foot on on American soil. Yeah. And we, they've always been around. I mean, I've read up on the prejudice, prejudices that they had to go through with the, mm-hmm. and the Manolos and what the Filipinos have contributed in the, to the farming industry and to uh, like uh, equal yeah, equal rights to for work yep um let's see here there's a lot of history like in california with filipinos like i i had no idea that that things were going on like you know you know how like there's a chinatown yeah um like there's like always a chinatown like in big cities there's a little manila somewhere there's a filipino town yeah i forgot where it was but it's like i didn't know such a thing existed until i found that i'm like huh interesting it's funny how it's really funny how like the internet has really put filipino culture sort of like like in the light right now like who was it even like like andrew zimmern was talking about like like it was like the next like hot thing in 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 food was was oh. like Filipino food. It was either like Andrew Zimmern or I think it was like Anthony Bourdain. I'm not quite sure, but they were talking about that. And because there was a lot of these Filipino restaurants in like in California, in Las Vegas, like in the West. And just recently I was watching an episode of of Mythical Kitchen, which is brought by it, it's it's part of the was it the Good Mythical Morning, the Retin Link rent and link channel um on youtube and guess who was on there it was a filipino that was cooking besides uh 
you know, their main, like, chef guy. And they were trying to make a fancy version of Jolly Bee spaghetti. Their version. <laughs> a very fancy version of Jolly Bee spaghetti. And if you don't know what Jolly Bee spaghetti is, it's like sweet spaghetti with, with, um, with, uh, hot dogs. It's spam. Yeah. Right? And it's very distinct. And I really want to go to Chicago and get one. <laughs> but it's kind of like, <laughs> I like it. I'm a Filipino. I love Jollibee. I love everything about Jollibee. Anyways, um, they made a fancy version of that. Right? And they dedicated mm-hmm. a whole entire episode on it. You know, right. They went to a Jollibee, they tasted the real thing, and then they went back, and their jo- their version of Jollibee spaghetti cost like $840. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But nah, it was, uh, go to but, Jollibee. Yeah, just go to Jollibee. <laughs> but anyways, it's not the first time. Like, Balut is like a thing right now. Durian is like, is like a... like a Not a thing. Not like, both of them are like, both of them are like food challenges now. <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there like, oh, that's great. I'll do that challenge. You know, <laughs> I was, it's, it's becoming more and more, more in the light. And this was never a thing like, like a decade ago, you know? Well, what I like about the whole entire, uh, Filipino American history month is that it's opening up, it's opening up the conversation because I'm learning things that my, me, my family never really talk about. It just never comes up, really. Mm-mm. So I'm like, and it, it kind of brings a sense of pride. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's what that's what my parents, you know, ancestors had to go through. And huh, I remember in terms of Filipino history, my family. I do remember this. My my aunt, usually like the oldest person in my mom's side of the family, right? And she was a school teacher. She was a full-on school teacher, wrote a math textbook, right? Uh-huh. And my, and her husband, my uncle, was like regional director of education or something like that in the Philippines. Like he had like a big like, like a high office, like in 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 the Philippines. I think it's just regionally, something uh-huh. like that, but. Let's just say his his position gave him the oppor- gave him the the driver. <laughs> you know, he never he never learned how to drive. Like the school, the school like region like provided him a a, a driver. That's how big he was apparently. And hmm. they were the only ones who talked about Philippine history. In fact, it wasn't it wasn't them just talking about. It, it was me asking them, and it was through family. Because mm-hmm. during at the time, this was like maybe like a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, back in like in the 2000s, I was doing some family history, some family genealogy. Okay. Right. And I really got into genealogy. And one of the things I asked them about was, was family history. And they told me this huge, like, like, um, like history and it was the backdrop was Philippine history, right? Mm-hmm. But but the forefront was like 
your great great grandfather was this your great grandfather was this your grandfather was was this you know and that's when i really learned about like like apparently you know like my family history and the backdrop of like what was going on in the philippines Mm -hmm. you know because there was migration movements like minor like like miniature migration movements that was happening in the philippines and apparently my my family was involved with that and you know like these kind of histories right is not known unless you really asked you know like in terms of like you could go on youtube and and, you know and, and find out or or the internet and find out but like a lot of this history that we talk about isn't really is written by mostly either a government or b the catholic church right right and it's not really well known and i feel like it's i feel like it's it's kind of a shame that it isn't like i feel like like you know, how do you know where to go when you don't know your history, kind of thing? Um, <laughs> you, know? you okay? So you were born in the Philippines. Uh, did you go to s- school in the Philippines? No, my brothers did though. Okay. Both of my brothers did. Um. Uh, but I didn't. I was actually, I didn't start school till I was here in the United States, and yeah, ESL was fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> ESL well, to me f- was like like American culture one hundred and one and learn the language kind of things. And I am, <laughs> I mean, I am glad the- that my parents like made sure like, well, you're a Filipino first, and you gotta like learn the language, and you gotta go, you know, don't forget where you came from, kind of thing. They were very much like that. And I mean, I went to the Philippines several times because of you know, like you need to know where you came from and. You have to marry a Filipina, you know. <laughs> it oh, went that uh, far. Yeah, well, we won't go into that. Yeah, but anyways, um, that's they made sure I knew where I came from, you know, as much as their ability was. But they never told me about history. I well, don't think at they least, knew. <laughs> at least there's that, and um, I wish I could say that it's the same thing with me though. Although they, my parents were. They made sure that I I lived a good life. Yeah. Good life, as in, like, I don't have to worry about anything. And it wasn't until that I reached adulthood that I got more curious about my Filipino, my Filipino identity. Yeah. So I didn't really have that push to, you know, know who you are. You're Filipino first or whatever. And there is some history of how Filipinos survived by blending in or assimilation, let's say. Which I feel like is I feel like it's dangerous. What, assimilation? Yeah. It can be. I'm not saying that it's right. It's it's... I mean, do what the Romans do, you know, that whole saying. I mean, yeah, to a point. (laughs) Right, and we really don't know what that point is until we actually delve into yeah. um, into the history of, of behind it. I mean, every time I go back to the Philippines, people know I'm from the United States, right, real quick. Right. And I kind of feel like 
I feel like I accomplished something if I can go to the Philippines and people don't know I'm from the United States because, you know, like, it's like that thing where if you can, if you can go to the Philippines, know the language to the point of slang and know what, you know, like, be there, do their things, do, you know, you know, at the same time, sort of like be yourself kind of, kind of deal, but you can go around by yourself and not have to worry about like, you know what I mean? It's like that mm-hmm. where people don't realize that you're from the United States until you like, they find out. I feel like that. I feel like that's like my goal in, in terms of, a of knowing where I come from, where it's like, I know I've been there so many times that I can just go there, hop off the plane and do whatever. Because you can't really do that. You know? I mean, if you're not really familiar with the culture, how things are ran there, and how things are going, you know? You know what I mean? It's like... Right. It's like... I always envy people who can do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Like, my brother can do that. You know? And my... My dad did that. You know, my dad could just like jump off a plane and be one of the guys over there, you know, or whatever, be, you know, be one of the people. And he can do that back and forth. And I tried doing that a little bit last time I went to the Philippines, you know, so last couple of times I went to the Philippines and it's hard, (laughs) you know? Right. And language is one of those things, but. In, in history, I'm so I'm things. still learning Tagalog. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, I think the history is important. I think again, if you don't know where you came from, you know how do you well, know where you're going to be? And you don't, you know, like and not knowing it too, you know, you sort of like lose a thing. Yeah, I feel that's like true. if enough people don't, it's just like like Native American history. If enough people forget it, did it really exist? <laughs> you know. And and I can't really vouch for the Philippine history because um, I don't know what is taught in the Philippines. How in depth they are, they go into history. Whether if pre-colonial mm-hmm. uh, Philippine history is taught there, I, I really don't know. But at least in America, I it, ideally, it would be cool that, you know, there would be, like, some class that's kind of similar to Native American history or even African American history that is available. And now, I don't really know if... I know maybe... I know I'm prob- California is probably the... Uh, I know California might have it because that's where we where the webinar that we uh, uh, where where we uh, listening to that seminar on, but I don't know uh, much about Minnesota. I don't know if any well, of those classes. Philippine are available. Access is based here in, the, in in Minnesota, but a lot of their a lot of the references came from California. That's what, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, and, that's like if there's a place that will do that. So there's like a certain school system will do that. I feel like it's in California because there's a ton of Filipinos in California. Like, you, like it's like in LA, 
<laughs> you know, like it's it's quite it's quite you know like it's it's like there's certain parts of LA. I feel like I you know people are mm-hmm. talking in Tagalog or Tabano or whatever, you know, and it's just like meh, whatever, you know. It's I feel like it's that's like the most. If it's gonna happen somewhere, that's gonna that's where it's gonna happen. I'd love to see it here. I mean, I'd love I to mean, see it here, but the I know the Philippine community here in Minnesota <laughs> isn't as big or comparable oh, no. as Reverse in California. Time. There's like twenty thousand of us or something like that. But I do want to start that conversation. Yeah, because you never know what you will learn, and also something else: history is doomed to repeat itself. And we already know. We're already seeing it right now. Yeah. With COVID and the nursing shortage here, they're going. They're seeking more nurses from the Philippines yeah. to you, help with that. Yeah. Do you realize um, that people didn't know about the Spanish flu until we had COVID? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the Spanish flu was a thing. There are very similarities. <laughs> you know? There's a lot of similarities. COVID and the Spanish flu. Yeah. And so that's the thing. We need, I think that's what, for me, as much as STEM is great, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna have engineers and mathematicians that have no idea where it came from. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> you know, that's sad. and it, I think history, me as, you know, for my 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 personal opinion, history in the humanities is very very important. Mm-hmm. Like, because it what makes us human. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and knowing you know, and it goes along with with you know your own history or your own cultural history and stuff like that, where. It's very important to learn it. I was glad. Again, I didn't before I started this podcast. I had nothing. I didn't know what 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 it was. I didn't know what was going on here. And now, you know, and now I have like this, like this, this, this surface level, very thin, you know, understanding of what was going on. And you know, I know, you know, there was one time I looked at Amazon and stuff like that, and there were books about this. I'm like. Oh, okay. There's this entire center in California somewhere, apparently, that's like dedicated to this. I'm like, <laughs> sweet. And you know, and you know, it. I I always knew that the whole stereotype of Filipino nurses or whatever was a thing. I just didn't understand the history behind it until I was older. Mm-hmm. There's a thing of about stereotypes. As much as I really don't like, as much as I really don't like them, there is some history as to why. <laughs> Joe quite jokes about it. He jokes about it, and it's funny because there's some truth to it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I for Filipino American History Month, I guess I guess we all need to do some self reflection and do a little bit of homework. Yeah. And. Ideal, as I said, ideally, if there was a class to discuss this, I would. I would I totally. Would, I would definitely sign do up. it. I would definitely sign up um, for it. 
you know, but I know if it'll that, cost you know, a thing, I'd probably like just do it because this is the kind of thing that I am very interested in. And, and you know, there may be something online. Um, yeah. I just can't stand Kirby. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so for those for those that don't know who Kirby is, uh, Kirby. Araulo. I'm so sorry for butchering his last name, but he is a historian. His history is centered around pre-colonial Philippines. Um, He's a YouTuber, and he snaps a lot. And and stop! I think I think he doesn't do it as much as before. And Edwin just doesn't like it when he snaps. It's but if you just it was okay. It was okay for the first two minutes, but. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think he he laid back on it, but it's good. Snaps aside, he has he has a his, all his videos on YouTube are very informative of pre-colonial yeah. and like if I didn't know anything about Datus or the tribes or um how trade started in the Philippines yeah. before before the Spanish even came to to the Philippines. I didn't know any of that. Until I ran into his YouTube channel. Um, he's worth checking out. Ah, stop. <laughs> no, he's I, worth he is. He's very. On... He's very good. He like he he. Well, what is he like? A, some kind of like a like is he's actually like a historian or something? Yeah, he's yeah he's a renowned Filipino historian, yeah. culture bearer, and currently oh I didn't know this. Currently the national coordinator of cultural. Culture and Heritage for the National Alliance for Filipino Concerns. I did not know. Ah, another thing. He is a Datu and Lacan by blood. Oh, yeah. I think I am, too. I just can't prove it. I have no clue. Because of my last... My last name, apparently, is a a telltale sign, but... (laughs) All I know is that my Filipino blood kind of overrides the Spanish in me, even though my maiden last name is... Spanish. And if you just go by names, um it's mostly Spanish run. Yeah. But DNA wise, it was mostly Filipino, which caught me off guard, but okay, interesting enough. Yeah. Um there's a whole so, his- there's a whole history why the fifth Spanish did that, but I won't get into it. <laughs> another thing bad. that that I know is that if you are interested in learning about the history, look up museums like either in the philippines or in california look at museums yeah there is one museum in the philippines called ayala ayala a-y-a-l-a museum look it up on youtube they 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 cover a lot about pre-colonial um philippines and what they had to go through during uh, colonial times. They have certain exhibits that they showcase on there. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool. I'm and some others. Check that out because uh, I'm actually quite interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other things, if, if videos aren't your thing, um, the CSFA did have a link to 80 books to celebrate Filipino American History Month. That this That's more. Filipino American history, not mm-hmm. Philippine history. But I always am a, I always try to support like 
Filipino-American creators and, and authors. And that's worth checking out. Like the, this one that I want to read, it's called Arsenic and Adobo. Not, arsenic, not so much. Adobo, hey, give it on. Give me, give me. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover. I'm just saying I'm just that saying. there are books out there available if you do want to read further, uh, have further reading into Filipino American History Month. And oh. some certain, there are certain creators there that like sharing certain facts of, of both Philippine history and Filipino American History Month. Um, there is one called babayin.atbp on Instagram. He is a pre-Hispanic Philippine and Austronesian culture and, hi and history enthusiast that I like his work because he actually covers the written language. He actually knows it, it's, it's very like, similar to cursive. Was a thing called uh, uh, alphabetico? Like the Philippine, yeah. the Philippine alphabet. Yeah, which is different exactly. from <laughs> completely yeah. different from what we're we're used to. Yep. Yeah. And then also on on TikTok there is Lee Carpsicle. Her name is Marissa. She's actually an actress in California, Filipino actress. And throughout this whole entire month, she will post TikTok videos covering of certain facts cool. of Filipino American history that's where i learned about the first satellite uh, civilization in louisiana the yep. first and when the philippines actually set foot in in uh, america there are resources out there but i would really strongly suggest to do further research yeah don't yeah <laughs> anyways that's um yeah so check out those books check out uh kirby I like, you know what? I'm going to give Kirby a chance. If he stops snapping a bit, I'll give him a chance. He was very informative. <laughs> I'll give you that. And uh, I'll give him another chance because I did like what is, uh, he, he was, he was uh, what, what he was talking about. And he was very knowledgeable. Like, it was kind of like eerily knowledgeable. Like, are you a professor, dude? But. He he does he does he is an author so yeah. if anyone's interested look his books up and he also kind of uh, dones the like the pre-colonial like the tribe like the garments oh the igorot yeah like like outfits and the Muslim like outfits the, like the, what the datus would yeah. wear yeah the loy the loyalty kind of it yeah. but yeah there's, there's a just just for a person who's worn those before it's it's very um exposing well he on. did wear a shirt a fancy shirt oh okay it's supposed to mimic you know being topless but yeah. it's he wasn't actually topless <laughs> just saying <laughs> anyways that's i think it's all of time we've got today uh we're running late so yes <laughs> go figure right we always run late anyways um that's it if you have any comments or questions or or uh uh, or or anything, um, give us a, a shout out on um, on legendcreators.com, our website. We have a comments page there under our podcast tab. Or um, also, if you haven't yet, comment, like, and subscribe as much as I don't like saying that. But 
it really matters if you and if you like this podcast share it to your friends share it to other filipinos out there that might not know that we exist um <laughs> oh seriously <laughs> like, like i know i know um but uh i just wanted to yeah just you know, if you haven't commented like if you haven't commented comment you know for those likers you know subscribe uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um you can catch me uh at tcd's edwin on twitter or you can also see my Instagram page at, at DIY Edwin on Instagram. And if you feel like what you're hearing, we also have another podcast called Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. that we talk about everything nerdy under the sun, including Dungeons <laughs> and & Dragons and restaurants. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where you can catch us. Pam, where can they catch you? They could find me on Twitter at PandaCatDragon1. You could also reach me on Instagram under PandaCatDragon. You could also reach uh, both of us through the Legend Creators Facebook page. Make sure you like that. We will keep you updated with both shows and as well as probably uh, post interesting uh, resources there. I will go ahead and uh, post the resources that i listed for filipino american history month there too cool all right so that's it uh thank you this was uh uh episode 21 at hollow hollow hangouts i was about to say the other one um so yep uh we will see you next time ma buhai ma buhai ma buhai ma buhai ma buhai Just not too high.